guys, this is Samuel with another episode of Learnings where I take notes and add my commentary on multiple hours of YouTube videos that I watch just for the sake of self-education. I often cover two, three, interviews, seminars, etc. under the ideas of giving, getting, and the future where the two meet one another. I like starting with sort of a weekly review. So this last week, I started taking caffeine pills. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but two of my medications I'm currently out of. That is 100% my fault and responsibility to fix, so I have zero rights to cry about it like a, like, you know, a bitch, even though I just might do so if nothing else is done about it whatsoever. So I am relentlessly gonna call the mail order service. This isn't my lack of meds talking, by the way. I relentlessly call anyone I need to, so long as I need to. However, I had to get, I had to get my eight videos of the month done for September. They're going to be rolling out by the release throughout this month. I also had to get my book reviews done for August, and there were maybe seven of them. Those take longer than I expect them to usually. I'm still learning how to streamline the process, that and the insights process, but these are longer processes to me than anything but my EP creations, releases, promotions, etc., etc. But even those, I'm figuring out how to streamline. I'm always figuring out how to streamline existing processes for two reasons. Countless people over time have apparently put their careers on the fast track by figuring out how to streamline existing processes, and honestly, the word streamline is just really cool and I like using it. Video 1 is dead at 40 with RSD Free Tour. So many people, especially guys at the age of 40, are apparently just not laughing, not happy, not engaged, doing shit they don't like, doing, like, living a life that they don't like living. This video is designed to be a sort of psychedelic dive into the rabbit hole of fixing and changing that, and I suppose preventing it for guys who are, you know, my age. RSD has changed my life drastically in the past two to three years, and I can only imagine them continuing to do so. So that's part of the reason I decided to watch this. <laughs> 40-year-old men are not cool, interesting, charismatic, dating girls who are that attractive. Never underestimate how rapidly you will decline and become the boring 40-year-old. Your face will be kicked down into the dirt by the boot of life. Even if you watch RSD, all these egos, desires are going are gonna to delude you anyway and you realize you're just going to die. People often just mistake apathy for enlightenment. I think Tyler made this video since he's turning 40 pretty soon and he just doesn't want this to happen. He's incredibly fucking smart, so he knows it probably probably will, but I think he just wants to at least raise the self-awareness of guys who watch their content. Uh, he will often, I, this part I didn't write down, but he will often, because he said it at the end of the video, he will often talk about very, very extreme viewpoints and, and do it only because he wants people to focus in on them since they are, they grab your attention and it's like, what the fuck is he actually saying? And then you begin to hear him out and you begin to open up and you begin to dig deeper and you're like, whoa, okay, this actually kind of makes sense and uh, I don't entirely agree with it, but it's totally worth considering, like shit. Effie, another instructor for the company, said that if you can thread the needle, an age like 40 can be the best time of your life. Tyler just screams out, at least two of you in this room are going to do it. There are like, there are like 500 guys in this room in the seminar, <laughs> like, which two is it? Which two is it? I know Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Hill said that, spiritually speaking, a man reaches his prime at an age like 50 or 60, which is a reason he, uh, of his that he gave not to be afraid of old age, especially for men. When you have as much money or fame as someone like Michael Jordan or, or someone like that, like your DNA comes up with reasons not to go as hard as you did back then when you were working up to the point you're at now. Engagement is a decision. There were parts where Tyler said that he almost has heart palpitations palpitations from like free tours and stuff his hands shake he runs on two hours of sleep he doesn't do much conscious thought like at all sometimes he hangs out with like tech billionaires and stuff and he says it's a blessing and a curse to have that much money but maintaining it let alone creating that type of wealth is almost impossible because your dna will fucking kill you over it
don't need something like a tail near your butthole, it's really difficult to just convince your DNA, look bro, I don't really give a fuck about your feelings, so um, fuck you and I'm gonna do what I want. And I can't imagine an average 40 year old man doing such a thing. It's possible, but if you look at it, it's like bro, like what's, what's the likeliness? He said anyone with no integrity and can get away with it is pretty much just attractive and charismatic to their typical audience. He said, he's like, I have integrity because, well, look at me. I'm a five foot nine balding ginger and that's why I have integrity. I can't be biologically getting away with not having that or intelligence. <laughs> you're young, you're like, I can do anything. But when you're older, there's apparently something called the evaporation of fantasy. He always like introduces things like topics like this. You realize that you, if you even can make those things happen, you begin to come up with excuses not to. So you slowly become this empty shell because you confuse an apathetic lifestyle with enjoyment. And I think that's part of the reason there's so many older guys who just become extremely bitter and hateful. But getting older is the engagement in itself. That's the money. That's the sex. I'm fucking every listener right now. That's just life. That's biology. He hears people talking about being depressed or even having plans of, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And he's like, wow, that actually matters to you. We're all going to die anyway. This is like the total opposite of the shit he would say a year ago. But because of the way he explains things, there are many things that I might disagree with, yet I understand and respect them. What do I know? Like, I'm not 40. And in all of history, a handful of decades is nothing despite the vast human accomplishment of so many things. And a lot of people are like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, because he said his cousin and close friend, uh, they both they both killed themselves. And he knows it's insensitive. But dude, it's as if decades aren't going to pass by at what's almost psychologically an increasing speed. Like the older you get, the faster time seems to pass by. This frightens me. But looking at myself and saying, look, man, I'm half my age. I'm not actually 21. I'm really just a 10 and a half year old in a six foot one human body that's pretty cool i think that helps me stay engaged more than a lot of things arguably like the fucking crazy amounts of caffeine i've been consuming on a daily basis for example it goes by so fast when you're older anyway the death thing is going to handle itself saying you're depressed and your life is being taken advantage of it fucking sucks and it's super unfortunate but you are an evolved monkey on a rock making fucking weird sounds all the time he said the world's going to end someday the world's going to end and the galaxy is going to explode even if we become an interplanetary species there's something physicists call the big rip i have yet to learn about and it's all going to be fucked so the decades of life will pass by faster than a bullet into your head probably and finding a reality like that accepting it and staying engaged that in his opinion is the payoff of life i pay attention to different philosophies like this because it's kind of like in case of an emergency i can at least consider them and be like oh wait this can actually help me in this in this case i know i'm still young but i'm not going to spend that time fucking around when i could be building something greater than just myself the pursuit of the dream is like the whole fun part itself Ooh, i had a bad night boohoo it's just like that that self-indulgent supposedly takes a lot of like it, it it takes a lot of self-imposed like youthful potency that takes a lot of work on its own like even if i had a bad night it's like oh bad night <laughs> or they lose a million dollars in the next media fiasco well there it goes <laughs> our, our video hit a million views at least yay well we're still fucking stupid evolved monkeys having sex with each other making loud stupid monkey noises on a giant rock let's make the next one <laughs> when you're younger it's like this is my fucking dream fuck you i'm depressed everyone let's kill ourselves now get the crack cocaine we're going to mars everything seems so dramatic and then at the same time it's really not i forget this so often it does kind of scare me like i get attached to the whole thing like i can't just die literally at any second like during the recording of this podcast 
Like, even if I don't surpass someone like Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk, even though I'm not really a CEO of multiple companies or a public speaker, at least yet. I'm a rapper or a producer. Like, I sing, and I'm kind of a robot. Like, I do look up to them more than I do other rappers. I'm not really musically minded anymore. The music, as cheesy as it sounds, is more like part of my subconscious, and it just engages with the way I do things. But maybe there's a guy named Barry Baberfuck on, like, Planet Xenu, and maybe he's better than Gary Vaynerchuk, and Gary Vaynerchuk just looking at him like, ah, fucking Barry Baberfuck. Fuck, I'm never gonna surpass him. He's saying that the joke and acting like a fucking idiot, having fun, clowning around. That's the real payoff because when you're 90 saying, oh, I had a bad night, nobody likes me, that shit doesn't really matter anymore. You have time to enormously succeed at maybe two things. And after that, you're probably just gonna like retire and piss in bottles next to your bed because you can't, you're too lazy to walk five feet out of bed to take a piss. These things almost get to a point where if you sit around and smoke weed, catch up on the Game of Thrones and play Mario Kart, it gets existential really fucking fast. You're like, what does that all mean, man? My experience with this is like, um, not worth talking about at this point in my career. <laughs> it's like white privilege prison. Like, you don't have to wait in line for 45 minutes. Everything just comes to the door as soon as possible. It's like so Epicurean. To, agree, to a degree that's like the end of civilization is like waiting to, is almost waiting to happen. <laughs> Going from a dabbler to someone who's all in 10x committed to things is kind of like a matter of taking emotional leverage on yourself. It's pain. Going through the pain isn't the key. It's really just the way you process it. Some people are more in their introspective inner world or or they're into more into the arrangement of their outer world. Some people are a bit of both. I think most people are. And when you surround yourself with someone who's like the total opposite way, it's almost too difficult for so many people to accept it because then you might think, oh no, it's an existential problem because I have two conflicting ideas in my head and if I don't resolve them, my brain's gonna fucking fry. Okay, so here's the part where Tyler starts talking about game. This is his specialty. He can talk about DNA and energy and all this other shit, but I mean, he's been teaching he's been teaching game for like 16, 17 years or something, so uh, I think he's pretty good at it. <laughs> he says there's inner game philosophy, outer game philosophy, and kind of, you know, in the middle. People who study things like the law of attraction, whatever, inner state you have for yourself begins to manifest, you know, your outer reality. Selective focus is always on something, like being screwed over. They'll feel like they're being screwed over even though they're not. Their lack of gratitude will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If it's the opposite and the gratitude is there, it only manifests more of that. So, however, there's a flip side. It is shocking how many people of these like law attraction people are fucking very averse to taking action and getting things done. They're afraid of hard work. If you tell spiritual gurus you're gonna go record a song, they're like, whoa dude, why don't you just focus on being positive? I'd just be like, bro, shut the fuck up, fuck you, you're broke, fuck you. <laughs> Like, you're a great coach, but, um, fuck you. If someone's like, bro, my client stopped seeing me, but maybe I can manifest a better employee. And it's like, bitch, go buy a fucking marketing book. But they stick to this idea of manifesting instead of just taking action. Like, a book takes you out of the presence. Like, you've been mismanifesting it for 10 years. Go get the fucking book and write out your fucking plan on a napkin. It's low-key the lowest vibration. And you can be, you can have being so, you can be so averse to action because it takes takes you away from the presence. This is really just apathy in disguise, okay? But on the other side, people who want to live this lifestyle of being on the beach, but and they they get they get it, it's like super depressing. 
Traveling, in Luke's opinion, another instructor, it just gets boring because all the grocery stores and everything eventually start to look the same after you finally get it. It's really not worth doing anymore. Now, after he meets all these people, he already knows all the girls he's going to hook up with, and after he fucks them, he realizes immediately whether he likes them or not. <laughs> and people think they're this amazing, well-run business, and or they're using NLP to, like, control the crowd. But it's almost as if derping around and just fucking around is the goal of every great business or government. Like, acting as fucking stupid as possible is low-key the goal of them all. Being complete clowns. When I'm like this and other rappers see me actually enjoying life while it looks like I'm killing myself for peanuts at an age like this, they're like, bro, you're not gonna get anywhere. Oh my gosh, you could've blown up a long time ago, but you never made a music video. As if making mu a music video is what's gonna blow an artist up. Video 2 is the Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez challenge. Ty Lopez in this video challenges Grant Cardone to increase sales for their companies that, that month. To me, Grant kind of murders guys like Ty Lopez and Gary Vaynerchuk because Ty's like, my methods don't work for everybody, which makes sense because no methods really work for everyone. Gary's like, love the journey, social media is the future, nobody gives a fuck about your feelings, always be on the offense, doing the right thing is always the right things, my parents don't want me to start this company, fuck you grandma, and Grant Cardone's focused and confident. Like, like, these methods will actually work for you, here's why you actually need money, and why just being happy isn't enough in today's economy. If you want to learn about happiness and shit like that, look into people like Grant, like, like Eckhart Tolle. Gary Vaynerchuk is not going to teach you gratitude step by step, or really a lot of things step by step in general, just because he makes occasional videos about it. I love all of these people because they're all extremists in their fields with good intentions, and that's fucking dope. But as far as intensity and what I want to be, I think Grant stands out the most as a role model the video by bragging about the results they got for Sprint. A lot of people criticize Grant for being too arrogant. I never looked at him and thought that. When people say it, I can definitely understand where they're coming from. Like, he talks about himself and his results and his life a ton. But to an extent, I feel like that's just vlogging in a way. <laughs> that's one thing. Another thing is, I always looked at his content and thought, how can I use this to create a better life for myself? I'm not worried about these people. I just care about their content. The people I care about most, like Grant or Tony Robbins, these people are the ones pumping out the most content and the most valuable content to me. Those are associations with the content are what create those maps like if like if this guy died like I would probably tear up a little as if he were a family member you know what I mean Ty's just like can I double my sales and Grant's like bro fuck this doubling this whole office is about 10x give me a number to call right now and I'll show you how to fucking cold call let's fucking do this he said he doesn't need to know about the client or their age even the product he just needs to make the phone call Grant simplifies everything like crazy so he's explaining all these things already calling these people leaving messages to people who won't pick up doing all this shit and Ty's just trying to document it on his phone <laughs> people don't know people don't know Ty actually has experience with cold calling but it's all good this this video is more a documentation like here's what's going on in the office today it's like it's not like bro i'm a fucking fire hose i'm gonna fuck you in the mouth with 17 years of information i learned but when granny does a video like that it's pretty dope but this isn't that of course. <laughs> Someone picked up, Grant was Grant was like, I want to buy your product and I want to talk to somebody about sales. The guy's trying to get people on his team to answer a question about sales. And it's, what, what the fuck? On the sales team are probably out at lunch, probably not even actually at lunch, but they should be answering the phone and they're not. It gives people a bad taste in their mouths about the company when they're calling. Answer the question, like it's costing money. He's been told, he's been on hold longer than he's talked to people. And he's on hold already. It's obvious that this works to actually just change it. it Maybe it's not 100% consistent 100% of the time everywhere, but if you call his office, it'll pick up. I did once or twice, and they didn't have me waiting for longer than 20 seconds. Honestly, sometimes 
sometimes people on his team call me and I'm like, bro, I'm not in sales. I'm a self-produced rapper. I'm busy as fuck all the time. I know about who you work for and I want to know what you're going to do about that. I'm not trying to shit on your company, but I want to know how well he's training his sales team. Where's the follow-up? What questions are you going to ask? I want to know these things. And if you don't tell me, you're probably have indirectly planted a seed in my head that's going to transmute into visual, physical action through auto-suggestion in like 93 days from now. And I'm going to be impelled to buy a course on sales because I want to know. I gotta keep that to myself in a way and be like, dude, no one wants to hear that shit. Be you, sit down, be humble, and get back to work. 27 minutes of this video go in and Ty finally starts explaining something. Money is made through persuasion. There's ethical persuasion and dishonest persuasion, but the world needs more ethical persuasion. That's why schools are shit because teachers can't ethically persuasively sell these subjects to students. Uh, not all of them are like this. You know who is? The teachers who all the students dick ride. But he also said regarding the, the personality test that they're using to assess who I believe they're gonna hire that a difference between introverts and extroverts is what they do to release dopamine. Something interesting about Ty is that he drops all of this very unorganized knowledge and it's organized in his courses, which is part of the reason I think they're so popular, um, aside from uh, how they're marketed. And like this part also isn't in the writing of the whole episode, but something that I think <laughs> is interesting about him is that he drops all of these random gems of knowledge. And what's cool about them is that you get all of them. If you can organize them in your head, you can use them somehow to, to like, as like inspiration and idea and you get a lot of really crazy ideas from them. If you don't think his gems of knowledge are enough, I swear, go to his site, go to books, go to book recommendations and get every single book that you can afford and spend all of your time that you can running through each one of them. They're fucking insane.